today on The Breakdown. The Jungle Man and Matt Berkey and a guy named Jason all play a bomb pot on Live at the Bike. Big cash hand. Weirdly played hand. Interesting hand. We're going to break it all down right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Have you ever played a bomb pot? I don't think I ever have. I don't think I have either, but I can imagine it's going it, to, it's just such a, such a messes with your mind so much. So let's tell the people what a bomb pot is because some people probably don't know. Okay. So instead of having any pre-flop action, we just go straight to the flop and everybody puts in a set amount of money. Right. In a so, cash game. And so it gets weird. And it's not like a small amount. It's not like a blind. It's a right. lot more than that. In this game, which I think is a twenty-five fifty game, everybody agreed to put in $500 before the flop. Right. So they're 10xing it. That is not unusual for a bomb pot. That's pretty pretty standard ish. Usually 10 to 20 times the big blind. I would. Yeah. Say. So it creates such weird situations. Like obviously your hand strength has to be a lot better in a bomb pot than in a normal pot on the flop because you're playing against the entire table. Correct. Like, bottom two pair is not going to do it most of the time in a bomb pot. At the same point, the pot's so big right away, someone may take a shot at it, you know, and at times yeah. in ways they might not otherwise do. Although the other side of that, of course, is because everyone's in the pot's a little bit protected. It's just, it creates such weird dynamics. Like, you're so heavily invested right away. If you flop anything, yeah. you're like, well, I don't want to fold, but flopping just anything isn't necessarily that good in a bomb pot. You, like, have, to, you have to be careful for sure. And in some ways, because so many people are seeing the flop, you're probably actually going to see less action, not more action once you get there, right? Because... Nine-handed, like, it's so easy for someone to have the nuts, whatever the nuts are, you know? It's right. just so easy. Or near the nuts. You just got to be super careful. And so this is definitely not the case in a normal pot, a normal, like, raised cash game pot. But here's a question, because I, I think the answer that I have is going to be obvious by the question. But on, a, like, a jack-10-7 like jack rainbow board in a bomb pot, somebody bets, would you rather have 10-7 or ace-queen? Jack 10-7, would you rather have 10-7 or ace-queen? In a bomb pot. I understand. You're saying you'd rather have ace-queen because it's an easy fold? Is that what you're no, saying? No, because you have a draw to the nuts. Like, you can... You oh, can oh, okay, okay, got it. Um, right, yeah, 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 that's fair. As, I don't know what happened. I was, I was, seeing, I was hearing 10-9-6, even though you said jack 10-7, and yeah. so I was like, ace-queen is nothing. Why would we want to have ace-queen? No, you have a draw to the nuts and overs, although the overs are... The overs are probably meaningless. Yeah, you wouldn't feel too somebody You want to play only a small pot yeah. with, with you hit your overs, but uh, yeah, that's a fair point. The draw to the nuts is pretty sweet. Right. Pretty so, sweet. I mean, 10-7 is pretty good, too. It is, but it, it like that hand probably the expected value of that hand in a nine way bomb pot is probably negative. Well, the thing is this, you've got serious reverse implied odds with that. Yeah. And with the ace queen, you have almost none, right? Because we're just not going to put a lot of money with one pair. Might just fold to the turn, but if an ace comes, you know, like, um, depending on how big it is and how many players are in and what we think about the guy and so on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're going to really hope it goes check, check on the turn or they check to us. We bet they call and then we can decide if we're betting the river. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'd rather just have the gut shot and just be like, I hope I hit one of these four outs that makes me feel super good about life because yeah. then it's really easy to play. It's not right. easy to play 10-7 in that pot. Nine-handed, it's not. No. It's not. I mean, it's just not. You know, you you probably bet and see what happens and hope no one raises because if someone raises, you have to start crying because you can't beat anything. You probably just fold, right? Jack 10-7? I think you just fold. Yeah. You got bottom two. There's a straight out there. I think you just fold. Is someone going to really raise king-queen? I don't think so. I don't think anyone can raise a draw on a board like that in that spot, right? Yeah. So I think it's fine to just fold. You just bet fold. That's crazy. I think the point of the point of all that I'm saying is it's so different in a bomb pot. Like, on the flop, I'd rather have a hand that has a draw to something that is extremely likely to be the best hand if it comes in than a made hand that would be pretty good in a normal yeah. situation. But against nine players, we have no idea what's going on. Well, I mean, ace-queen would be the nuts. So drawing to the nuts is, is pretty great in nine, nine-handed, right? Yeah. It just makes sense yeah. that you'd want to do that. So as long as the thing... And the thing with ace-queen that gets weird is we may have to fold on the flop sometimes because the bet is too big or there's significant amounts of people behind us or something like that. But that's okay, too. We just have ace-queen and a gut shot. We're usually not going to hit it. So it's easier. And, of course, when you get there, you don't have to worry about all the reverse implied odds unless the board pairs on the river. And what are you going to do? Here's another question on with ace-queen. In a bomb pot, you have ace-queen. Would you rather the flop be the one I described, (laughs) jack-10-7? Yeah. Or (laughs) ace-deuce-deuce? 
Obviously, we don't want Ace Deuce Deuce. All right, Ace Deuce Nine. Uh, nine handed. I guess I prefer the gut shot to the nuts. So weird. So weird. I mean, what are you going to do with Ace Deuce Nine? I guess we're gonna like we're in the cutoff. It folds to us. I'm oh, sorry. It checks to us. We have to bet. Yeah. We can't give everyone a free card. Right. We have to bet. And if someone raises, we just fold. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we do. What do you do if you have ace deuce? You bet and you get raised. You can't really fold, can you? Yeah, I think you can fold. Because what are they raising? Yeah, you can fold. <laughs> it's so if messed it's a, up. If it's a rainbow board, you can for sure fold. Yeah, yeah. Even if it isn't a rainbow board, rarely are you going to see people make semi-bluffs, I think, on this board. Right. Maybe they could have oh, no, three. No, sorry, in, in bomb pots. They could have three, four, three, five, or four, five of the suit that's suited if it's if there's two to a yeah. flush out there. Actually, you know, honestly, raising um, raising the gutter with no with none with nothing else may be better because yeah. you have so little equity. You're just like, forget it. I'm just going to raise because calling is probably not worth it. I wonder if amongst high level players, bomb pots get played frequently enough in any of these high level games that happen that people have come up with bomb pot strategies that are different than normal strategies. I imagine they have. That's kind of fun. I kind of want to do that. Yeah, you know? like, me too. That's kind of cool. Because it has to be way different, your strategy. I mean, well, the thing is, the flop strategy is pretty obvious, right? You just have to be tight on the flop because there's nine players yeah, or eight players or whatever it is. Just like someone's going to have something that they're not going to be able to fold I guess usually. mainly what I'm thinking about it relates to what you're saying, raising the gut shot, is, uh, mm. is what is your raising range right? and your betting range? Yeah. Those are interesting questions in a situation like that. Agreed. I don't even know if you're supposed to raise gut shots, though. Like, if someone bets nine-handed... Maybe you're just supposed to never raise unless you have the nuts, basically. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe. It's possible you're not, you know, the nuts or such a strong draw. If you've got, like, you know, the king, queen of diamonds on the jack, ten, two diamond right. board. That you're never folding. You feel comfortable getting it in. Like, whatever. Let's go. It's yeah. fine. You know, I hope you don't have the nut flush draw. Maybe you actually have the nut flush draw somehow, too. So it wouldn't yeah. be the king, queen. But you see what I'm saying, right? Right. Um, like, that's, I don't know. I don't know what else. I, I imagine bomb pots actually don't have very many bluffs and don't have a lot of action post flop because of this. It's yeah. just hard. So it's like, we're just going to all play a huge pot by putting 500 bucks in each right now. We're going to make the pot big and we're going to see who wins. Like it's going to be a lot of that. Yeah. Right? So interestingly enough, bomb pots are, are created to drive action, but they don't necessarily drive action in that hand, but they might create future action based on the results of that hand. But we're, we're saying this more speculatively, really. Yeah. Right. But, but it seems that that would be the case. Yeah. Anyway, it's definitely our first bomb pot on the breakdown. Oh my gosh, it's, yes. And it's we're going to have to, you know, kind of tiptoe along because we haven't ever analyzed the bomb pot before. So we're going to have to keep that in mind as we go and kind of like right. know what, what that means and that it's different. Yeah. So thank you to Isaac Carlisle and Koi, whose name is also Very Thirsty Fish, which is kind of a cool Not name. Not spelled the same way, though. Oh, well, whatever. Koi Fisher, K-O-I. Yeah, but it's extra Koi of him. That's also spell spelled incorrectly. That way. That's because his name is K-O-Y, right? No, it's C-O-Y. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, well, then it is extra koi of him. Super koi. Super koi, indeed. Koi also did a great job suggesting in that he asked a couple questions, including... Don't give away all of them. Only the only the funny ones. Don't give away anything that's going to be a spoiler. No, I know. Okay. I won't. Including, is there any hope for humanity and are we in a simulation? Yeah. Which are the questions you need to ask when suggesting a breakdown. If you ask those questions, you know, you get bonus points. Yeah. Bonus points. And yeah. And this hand is getting done, isn't it? I mean, that's it. Proof. <laughs> <laughs> we are at two poker guys on Twitter. The number two poker guys. If you want to suggest a hand, we love the suggestions. Keep suggesting. Indeed. All right. Let's get to the pot. Which I know. Means, let's do this. Which means let's get to the flop because there is no preflop action. So cool. And so there's eight players in this hand, I think. I believe... Yeah. yeah, there's 4,200 in the pot, and they're putting 500 each. There's eight players. Right, because there is an ante, I suppose. Yeah. Um, $25 ante, $500 each. Yep. All right. They're so, probably doing a round of bomb pots, I'm just realizing. Right? Maybe. Because otherwise, how do you keep it fair with the blinds and stuff? Right. Or I guess you could just freeze the blinds, like wherever you are, and yeah. do a bomb pot, and then just continue. So the yeah. button, the button stay. Oh, but then the button guy in the button gets to play two hands in a row on the button. There's no way to do a fair bomb pot just something good to realize maybe it's usually the last pot of the session anyway who cares let's go all right so 4200 in the pot the, everyone has a hand we can't get into that too many hands to describe no, we're, we're only going to talk that. about the the, the non, relevant the non-garbage humans yeah um the flop is nine of hearts ten of clubs deuce of clubs and that is significant to one matt berkey yeah who's got fifty thousand dollars so i get like you know just 
12 times the pot or so, 13. And uh, he has a set of deuces. He flopped. Huge. Deuce of hearts, deuce of spades. 9, 10 deuce. We this can is one be of those, beat, but we, go on. We can be beat, but this is one of those spots where we're pretty clean. Like, it's not like we have bottom two pair. There's Right. Well, there's lots we can beat here. We could. Uh, someone could go nuts with the draw, with like a, a combo draw or something like yep. that. Yes, we can be beat, but they can have top two and decide to go a little nuts too. I don't think we're ever folding on the flop unless there's so much crazy action in front of, front of us. We feel like someone is defined to have a set, which is possible, but it's unlikely. Yep. It is definitely possible though. But in this pot, I, th- I would say that the average hand of this bomb pot is probably far inferior to the average hand of the average bomb pot based on the hands that we end up with. I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, a set is pretty huge. You don't often see people One set, a but set. Let me tell you what he's up against. So he's in the cut and the hijack, excuse me, and it checks to him. This is an interesting decision. Berkey decides to bet 1400 into 4200. Yeah. Nine, 10 deuce, two clubs. You got the set of deuces. This just seems like it's too small, right? Well, maybe he thinks it's different because it's a bomb pot. This maybe goes back to that bomb pot strategy we're talking about. Yeah. Where because people haven't invested in the same way, right? Right. And everyone's only invested 500 bucks. So he's betting three times the initial investment for everybody, give or take, right? With it almost three times. And if you don't have anything, you're just going to fold. And also he knows that like you can't bet unless you're strong. Like he's representing a strong range anyway. And that's, maybe he feels like he just doesn't need to bet more. That's true. And I do see merit in what you're saying. However, the price matters in situations where people are drawing to things. No doubt. I yeah. mean, like you're saying, like uh, drawing to the, uh, the what, what is it? 10, nine deuce. Yeah. So like King queen. Exactly. Like that's what I'm thinking. The like, same example as what I was saying before. Right. Like, do we really want someone to draw to the nut straight here? I don't think we do. Not for fourteen hundred anyway. No. We want to. They're actually priced in. They're supposed to draw to the gut shots this way instead of not, right? Yeah, but to your point, it might be a mental thing where he's like, people look at this differently psychologically, kind of similar to uh, when there's a side pot in a tournament when somebody's already all in. Yeah, like you almost bet based on the side pot rather than the total of the pot, even though you're giving the person the same price from the total of the pot. Like a lot of the time. No, I don't feel people do that. Actually. I think a lot of people do, huh? Because side pot bets, especially when the side pot is smaller than the main pot, are yeah, so powerful sure. in a tournament, especially late they in are. a tournament. They are very powerful. That's true. So I think it, it maybe he's thinking it's psychologically similar to that. Like, but but to your point, this is a wet board. There's a lot of draws. We're getting called somewhere for sure. Someone's going to have to call us. Someone's going to have top pair or some one of the draws. Someone's going to have top pair clubs, gut shot, straight draw, something. Right? I mean. For sure, if not bigger, stronger. All right, I guess we that. have to ask this question. So this has got to be a mistake. In a in a okay, but I want to ask this question. In a bomb pot, yeah. When if Berkey bets three K into forty two hundred, is Ace Ten going to call? That's a great question. Um, if he always bets three K into forty two hundred, then probably. But if he normally doesn't, and then he does, maybe not. You know what I mean? But you're saying sort of just blindly. Yeah. Um. I think if Ace-10 is on his direct left or something, it probably won't. But if it gets through a number of people, Ace-10 will probably eventually call. Like, he might bet top pair when it, when it checks to him in the hijack, right? I mean, there's only a few people. There's only two people behind him now. Yeah, he might. Like, top pair could absolutely be good here. I think he's just trying to ensure that he can, he can get called by top pair by betting smaller. Because when you think about it, if I have Ace-10, I'm not loving it when anybody bets any amount in a bomb pot. But if it's okay. cheap enough, I'm definitely not folding. I mean that's cool, but there's so this board is too wet for that. Yeah, we're just, I agree. We're just there's gonna be so many bad cards for us on the turn and river. I'm just trying to think of a reason he makes it so small. No, I, I mean that probably is the reason. I mean I hope that's the reason because that at least makes sense. Trying to get some value out of top pair and stuff, but I think because there's eight or seven other opponents in this hand, we have to be playing for other things than trying to squeeze fourteen hundred dollars out of a guy who has a ten. Yeah, I think we should be trying to squeeze bigger money out of people with bigger hands like top two. Um, and if someone's drawing, we have to charge them for it. And if the guy with ace-10 wants to call anyway, great, but it's fine if, like, the pot's already got 4,200 in it, right? I mean, let's try and, let's try and like, charge the frickin' draws that are going to be out there. There's going to yeah. be draws out there that are yeah. going to call, and we're going to be, like, unless a super clean card comes off on the turn, there aren't that many of them. I mean, sure, it's like half the deck, but that means half the time we're not going to be able to get much more value out of this hand. But unless the board pairs, like that's by the way, if the board pairs, we could be screwed. Yes. Because we're eight handed. Yes, we very well could be. I think we have to bet bigger. I think you're right. And to your point, 
Jungle Man is the next to act who does not fold, and he decides to call with Queen 8 offsuit. There we go. With He's just got a gut shot, not to the nuts, but to what is very likely to be the best hand if it hits. I mean, I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, like, if he calls, anyone with king-queen behind him is calling. Right, but he blocks king-queen. I mean, like, what's a the likelihood of that somebody actually has king-queen? I mean, it's how many combos? Of, there's, what, 12 combos of king-queen now? Yeah. Okay, and there's how many people between him and Berkey? I don't know. I don't know either. He's it's in, probably like, you know. He's under the gun and Berkey's in the hijack. Right. So And they're eight-handed, right? Like four? There's four. like four people yeah. in between. So it's not very likely. Right. But it's possible. But not very likely. It's not very likely. But what happens when the jack comes and we have to give our, our whole stack every time? I guess we're willing to do that. There's some serious reverse and flight odds in play I here. I guess we're willing to do that with queen eight when... There is another side to it. Sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. That's it, fine. Oh, okay. There's, there's also implied odds in that uh, seven eight makes a straight with a jack. Yeah. And while they may not be driving the action, they ain't going to fold either, right? right? So we do actually, we destroy seven eight. So... Maybe from that point of view, it's like, well, we block queen, king, queen. We and don't block seven, eight. And there's 25% more combos of seven, eight. That's what I mean by block. That's the same thing oh, yeah. saying we block yeah. and we don't, right? Um, yeah. So actually, that's a good reason to call. Also, right now, it's super cheap. And by the way, we have an overcard where if no one else calls, might be good. It isn't, but it might be. Berkey could just be betting a 10 here very reasonably. Right. So I think if Berkey bets 3K, he doesn't have to fade this. Right. right? Like, jungle yeah, Jungle Man's feels, I think it's going to fold. Right. That's a big deal. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, well, Jungle Man does call. Yeah. And simply, like, mostly just to hit a jack, obviously. I think so. I think if he hits a queen, he's going to really hope it checks through the turn. I think he believes he has pretty good implied odds because it's a bomb pot and Berkey decided to bet anyway, meaning Berkey probably has a pretty good hand. Right. Right. That makes sense. And maybe he thinks Berkey actually isn't going to bet king-queen himself here because he's got two people behind him. He probably won't. No, he's not going to bet king-queen. He would probably call king-queen. Right, so this is good. This means like if we hit a jack, we we feel very confident Berkey has a good hand and we're beating him. Yeah. We just have to worry about the four people between us now, and that's it. Yeah. That's pretty good. And like like we said, we block that anyway. So if we hit a jack, we're going to lose some money if they have us. Right. And uh, Jungleman has 55K. Yeah. Uh, And if you don't remember, Berkey started with about 50 I'm and sure you don't have this information, but it'd be interesting to know how much money the people between them had. If they all have like 10 or 14K, that'd be another reason to call. Yeah. Although actually, I know the guy on his left has more than that. Yeah. Jason, who is on the left of Jungle Man, has a more legitimate straight draw. He's got Jack 8. Yeah. So he's got the open ender. He so, kind of has the call here. Yeah. He does have a draw to the nuts, which is cool. He does not. I mean, if a 7 comes. Oh, yeah. He does. So I was thinking the other side of that. Fool. He is totally a draw to the nuts, bro. You fool. Yeah, I know. Um, Jack eight offsuit. Jack of diamonds, eight of hearts. Nobody has a club draw except Jungle Man has the eight of clubs for a backdoor club draw. There mm-hmm. are two clubs out there. And Jason decides to call, which is very reasonable at this point. Absolutely. And nobody else calls, and we're three ways. Yeah, as Jason, if we hit a queen, we're not going to be able to fold, but we're going to hope no one has this beat because someone could absolutely have king jack, as we see Jungle Man has queen eight. Yep. Um, we would assume it was Jungle Man who had us, by the way, mm-hmm. if that came. Unless it was King Jack of Clubs. Okay. Then it could be Berkey. You're right. It could be Berkey there. Um, but that's that's pretty good. Yeah. And uh, obviously, we're going to feel great. So we're going to feel great about our straight almost no matter what. Yeah. And this feels like a very super straightforward, easy call for 1400 Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, so 8200 in the pot now, and we're going to head to the turn. But first, we'll talk about it. a little little place where your dreams... Happen to be sometimes. You can find <laughs> what him. does that mean? Where my dreams happen to be. So like you know that dream. Like, you know that dream from a, a month in ago. In a that, panic room. In a panic room. No, with, no, your lost. The clown dreams. from it. You remember your oh. lost dreams? They. How do you remember your lost? You dreams, don't, bro, because you you're not currently on nitrogen. But nitrogen oh. sports poker room is where you find your lost dreams. Oh, okay, it all came together. Yeah, and this is where you find the poker guys playing some some of the time as well we have special poker guys events if you use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up for nitrogen you get access to those events if you don't use the link you don't get access we are actually having an event coming up soon we're not ready to announce the date yet but it's coming up uh certainly by the end of the month maybe even before that we're gonna see it's like a micro buy-in tournament with uh decent guarantee yeah so it's gonna be like we don't know for sure so don't hold me to this but just to give you a sense of it something along the lines between like one tenth of a millibit which is like 90 cents and a millibit which is like nine dollars um 
and the guarantee is going to be big enough that there should be a significant overlay. There should which be is the idea. So it's we'll, going to make everyone money. And to we'll play. be playing in it. There might even be bounties on us in it as well. Yeah, we're not sure how it's all. We're still negotiating all the details with nitrogen, but that's coming up uh, by the end of December. Right. So use the link if you want access to that. And when you win that tournament for probably way more than you should based, way on, more. based on the overlay. Which has happened before in our things. It's tr- it certainly has. I mean, Big Nitrogen time. one time accidentally guaranteed a Bitcoin when Bitcoin was worth a lot less than it is now, but it was worth about 4K. Yeah, still. And uh, that was a big overlay. It that. was. There was a, It was 24 people in, I think, a 5 millibit buy-in. Yeah. <laughs> it was incredible. Yeah. yeah, I finished second in that tournament. I was very happy to do so. Yeah. Got a lot of hate from the rail. Uh, I did actually, yeah. sir. Just a few particular. Well, rail there were people who were just members. trying. They're they're trying different ways to try to get money from you. Basically, that is exactly right. They yeah. were asking for money, and uh, I did not give it to them. And then they spent a lot of time. But you know, being mean, who did give you your money? Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. Yes, and it did it fast because nitrogen, as we say, moves at the speed of Bitcoin. We do say that it's like five to twenty minutes. There's no BS internal processing, man. Man, come on. I love that sentence. There's no BS internal processing. It's, it's great. You go to any other poker site in the world, pretty much. I, I don't know for sure, but I haven't seen examples of other sites that actually process it at on Bitcoin's network. Yeah. So it's that fast. Other sites, you wait 24 hours if you're lucky. Maybe three days. Often three days. Yeah. yeah. Screw that. Screw that. Get yo. your, you win. Say you win four Bitcoin, which is, you know, 36K. No bigs. No big deal. You can get it in <laughs> five to 20 minutes. You win a million dollars. By the way, you can sports bet and do other gambling on nitrogen. Mm. Maybe you could win a million dollars in Bitcoin. Who knows what happens? You could. You really could. They take you, get, you can get that in one deposit or multiple deposits, as many as you want, as much as you want, all the same speed. I'll just say this, too. Their sports book takes big bets if you want to make them. They take small bets. But they take big bets. They used to take 60 Bitcoin bets on baseball games. They probably don't do that anymore. I can't imagine they're still taking that because this was back when Bitcoin was, you know, less than $1,000. That's like 500K. Yeah. So I don't know if they're taking... I'd be... Actually, I should look up and see what their max bet is on NFL games and NBA games now. But I would guess it's, you know, still really, really big. You know, it may be... It's funny. big, Big is now like, you know, seven Bitcoin bets or something like that. But still... So, so if you if you got a, if you got a lot of action in you, they got a place for you to put that action. Yep, is that what we say? <laughs> anyway, use the link in the description and put, put and put your put your action. Jonathan's coughing, but yeah, make sure you put your action. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But yeah, use the link in the description though when you sign up to get cool offers and cool access to our stuff. It costs you nothing extra. It's a good deal. Make sure you do it. Yep. Anyway, going to the turn here in this bomb pot, we have Matt Brookie with way the best of it with two deuces on a 9-10 deuce two-club board. He's been called by the Jungleman with Queen 8 for a gut shot and by a guy named Jason with Jack 8 for an open ender. Yeah. And uh, when watching this hand, I don't think we at first realized it was a bomb pot, but we were we were yeah. confounded by Matt Brookie's turn action. But after, no longer. after talking a lot more about bomb pots and the strategy involved, it makes a lot more sense. I completely get it, and I support it. I did not, but now I completely get it. So the turn is the eight of spades, which does give Jungle Man and Jason both a pair of eights. Obviously, that's not what they were looking for. Yeah. But now the board has eight, nine, ten on it. This is a scary card for a set of deuces, not only because the obvious nuts comes in with Queen Jack, but you might expect all of the gut shots to call two that could get there, like six, seven, for example, might have called. Um, yeah, I don't know if six seven's going to because of some of the other obvious draws that would exist, right. like seven jack. Okay, you know, but we know Jungleman would have called with jack seven because he called with queen eight. Right, jack so, seven. Yes, I agree with that. Um, the six seven is like you really could set yourself up to just lose a lot of money with six seven. I agree, but it's possible that it's in there. It's possible, but much more scary than that is queen jack. Right? Well, I of mean, course, queen jack the is obvious the obvious one. thing. But I think the difference here is you probably have to worry about. Twice the combos, at least. Like, you have to worry about all of the Jack 7 okay. combos also. You definitely have a lot to worry about. I'll so, give you that. So there's double the worry versus just the open-ender coming in that's obvious in a normally played pot. People usually play Queen Jack. It this, makes sense they would have Queen Jack. It makes sense they would call the flop with Queen Jack. This just goes back to what we were talking about, though, on the flop of, like, we have to charge these people more on the flop. Yeah. Right? Because, like, like, so many cards are bad on the turn. And this is... Yeah. I mean, this isn't the worst card, but this is one of the worst cards, right? The worst card is the Eight of Clubs, probably, but... This is a bad card. At least we're not worried about a set of eights. Like two eights are never going to call the flop. That seems correct. Yeah. We don't have to worry about that. That's really nice for us. Yeah. But we got that going. Those 32 combos are pretty scary. And maybe we give a couple combos of six, seven, you know, a six, seven of clubs. Yeah. There's one combo for sure. Yeah. That's, that's the only one I feel clear about. 
But anyway. So they both checked to Berkey. They've both picked up showdown value, but they know they're not ahead unless Berkey has King Jack of Clubs or something right. like that, King, King Queen of Clubs. Um, and Berkey decides to check, which is the decision I referred to earlier. I said it was confounding us, but it makes a lot more sense now that we think about the bomb pot thing. I think you probably have to check here, even though it sucks because you're giving a lot more free cards. That's the only reason not to, right, is like every time I'm ahead, I'm giving free cards that can beat me. Like clubs are bad. The more straight cards are bad. There's still a lot of the deck that's a real problem, but you would hate to bet here and get raised and get shut out of this pot when you Yeah, I think set. you have to fold if you get raised. Um, depending on how much he raises it to, yeah. right? I mean, if he raises it small, but if assuming... I don't think they're going to raise it small because there's two clubs on the board, and like I think they're going to raise it big. Yeah. And we're just going to get shut out of the pot, and I think we do have to fold. So I kind of like the check. Also, we can bluff catch rivers now. Like, we can call on a river if someone decides to bet, right? Almost no matter what comes. I mean, of course, there's some cards we'll, we won't call on, but most cards we can call, right? Like, the king of clubs comes and someone bets, we can reasonably call because now someone can be betting king 10, but people can be betting two pair and lots of things. Right. And, you know, it's probably a pretty scary card, even if it's not a bomb pot, because we did get yeah. called in two spots and we don't think about Jack seven anymore, but we do think about Queen Jack and that's enough. It's an, it's enough that you'd at least have to think about checking it for sure. Yeah. You could very reasonably check. You could decide to bet too, depending on your opponents and things, but certainly checking is reasonable anyway. Right. In a bomb pot, it feels like you kind of are forced to check. I agree. So I like, I like Matt Berkey's check here. All right. So still 8,200 in the pot. Let's head to the river. All right. It's bomb pot day. It's bomb, bomb pot day. Bomb pot day. Yeah. Um, all right. So the river is the three of hearts. Nothing ever is affected by the three of hearts in this pot. It's impossible that anybody's hand strength has changed on the river, right? So I'm trying somebody... to think if someone could have 10-3 and call because it was only 1,400 and now they've made two pair. That's about it, right? Yeah, or they had the three of clubs in their hand with the flush draw, but it's not so like they're going to... They're yeah. not going to lose... They're not going to go nuts in this spot, right? It's a very meaningless card. Yeah. Uh, so Jungleman checks. He's done. Mm-hmm. Jason checks. Seems like he's done too. I mean, you know, they're, if Berkey checks, then... They both think there's a tiny chance they could win, but they're worried about the other guy. Yeah, I guess Berkey could have king, queen of clubs. And yeah. just be like, all right, it's not worth it. Like, yeah. whatever. All right. Now Berkey has to get value. You know, they've both checked. We I mean, check through on the turn. It's hard to imagine you don't have the best hand right now. Right. So Berkey bets 5,500 into 8,200. Now he's betting big. Yeah. After the draws have either come in or not come in. Right. Don't like that. I don't like that he didn't bet big before. I think it's kind of bet big now. Yeah. Jungleman folds. And Jason Isn't starts jungle man, not jungleman. Yeah, I'm, I do that on purpose. Okay, I just want to make I, sure. I think it's fun to call him jungleman. All right, great. Try it. Jungleman. It's pretty nice, right? Yeah, it rolls right off. Yeah. <laughs> so jungleman folds and uh, hmm. Jason does not. He's he starts tanking. So, so is he thinking about heroing or is he thinking about hero raising? What's he? I mean, what, what are the good options? There's here? two interesting decisions here, right? So heroing is interesting because the clubs missed. Yeah, we do beat all clubs. Now, one of the questions we'd have to ask ourselves as Jason is, does Berkey bet many clubs on the flop with two guys behind him in a bomb pot? I'm not sure he does. Um, I guess he could talk himself into it if he's worried about getting value later once the third club comes, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, no one's going to call if they don't have clubs, right? Unless they have a bit, like the ace of clubs in their hand or something. If a flush comes in and Berkey bets then. Um, so there's a chance Berkey has clubs, but not very often. Here's something I do know if I'm Jason. Berkey is not repping a very strong range here, although it turns out he's got a very strong hand. He's near the top of his range. As Jason, we can't really know that. And it's very reasonable that Berkey could have just top pair or something like that. I don't know about that. I'm having he's going to check back top, top pair here? I think he is. After 1,400 on the flop, two calls, no one bets he the might, turn, no he one might bets bet the river? He might bet 10, but not other 10s. He might bet king 10. Maybe, but okay. I think that's probably about it. It's, the borderline is either there or it's two pair i'm not sure okay but i have some he's definitely betting two pair i have some thoughts here that i think are what goes through jason head jason's head before he does what he's going to do okay which is an interesting thing um berkey didn't bet the turn right berkey betting the river i think jason does believe that berkey has a pretty strong hand okay like i think we can easily put berkey in a swath of hands here it's i think usually two pair or better sometimes a strong top pair Mm mm-hmm Never a straight. That's the thing that is going through Jason's head here because right. Berkey checked the turn. He's betting a straight. There's still two clubs out there. Yeah. There's all the draws in the world. If Berkey turned a straight, he's always betting. I mean, if Berkey turned 
a bad straight, it's possible he'll check it. If he has six, seven of clubs specifically? If he has, I mean, he's never going to have jack seven, right? He's just never going to bet jack seven on the flop. No. He might not be betting six, seven of clubs either on the flop. He could, back, he could bet jack seven of clubs or six, seven of clubs. Okay. Those are the, those hands he might decide to check back because queen jack is scary. I don't think. You were arguing before in a non-bomb pot, you might check back. With a with, set. Yeah. Which is different. Because? Well, it's different than jack seven specifically because jack seven blocks queen jack. A little bit, sure. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's your reason though? Yeah. Just because it blocks it? Yeah. That doesn't seem like good enough reason to me. What about seven six then? Let's talk about seven six for a second. So you think seven six is a definite check back or not? I don't think Berkey's betting six seven of clubs even on the flop. I don't think he is either, but you included it in your combos just now. So I was like, all right, I guess we can talk about that. All right, let's forget about that. Okay, I, I really think he's gonna check it because it's just not good enough. I think okay. Essentially we know Berkey doesn't have the nuts, right? We think it's highly unlikely Berkey to show up with the nuts here. We, I, don't, I think we shouldn't say no. We don't know anything, right? But we could say a very large degree of certainty he doesn't have the nuts. It'd be shocking if he somehow turns over queen jack. Right. So let's say he has queen jack, not of clubs. Is he betting the flop with that in the first place? I doubt it. Okay. So he just got queen jack of clubs then? Right. For the nuts. And, and then he, would he have checks bet that back on the, the turn. turn. He's betting it on like... I mean, I think he almost always, I think it's very, very comfortable to say he doesn't have the nuts. Right. But we do think he has a pretty strong hand. Right. So we can't hero with an eight. Um, heroing with an eight seems like a bad idea. Yeah. Um, I don't know. When we say, he, oh, because he bet the river. You're saying after he's bet the river, we think he has a strong hand. Yes. Sure. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. We think he has a strong hand because he bet the river. Having I mean, bet into everybody on the He club. could be as weak as... I still think he could be as weak as a strong top pair, but whatever. This, the range is strong. Still can't hero with an eight against that. No, you sure can't. Right. So we don't believe he's bluffing. I mean, if we thought he was bluffing a lot, we could hero with an eight, right? Yeah. But since we don't think he's bluffing very often anyway, heroing with an eight seems like a very bad idea, especially when we do block the nuts ourselves, as you right. like to talk about. And it's almost impossible for Berkey to have the nuts. That's a really nice combo. We can have the nuts, right? Can we? Let's, I wonder about let's that. Let's ask that question because the move that Jason decides to make is to move all in. Yes. He moves all in for $43,350 yeah. over the $5,500 bet. Yeah. So the the main question about whether or not Jason can have the nuts is based on his river play. Would he check the nuts on the river? Right. That's my question. It makes sense on the turn to try to let Berkey bet again. That's fine. That's normal within the way the nuts would play a lot of the time. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if that's a hundred percent true in a bomb pot or not, but it's possible. You're right. It's possible in the bomb pot. You kind of have to bet your hand there because people are going to just check back that eight. I don't know. It's possible, but it feels standard to check and flow. Yeah. And, and also we're talking bomb pot strategy as if like people play so many bomb pots, yeah. they thought this whole thing out and probably not too many people in the world have. Right. So I agree with you. Generally you would check and hope he bets and then put in a big race. So the big question about if we can rep the nuts well, because that's what we're doing, right? We're repping the nuts for sure. We're repping the nuts. Yeah. Would we check the river with the nuts, that hoping is, that Berkey's going to bet? This is my really big question. See, the thing is this. Once Berkey bets, we can now, and especially bets 5,500, we can start to say, wow, he has a strong range. But until he bets, he doesn't have to have a strong range yet. Now we can have all, a lot of top pairs. I think he can have just just tens. Okay, actually, pretty, I'm starting to come around on this, on yeah. this for Jason. Okay, Sorry, you, you may continue your thing, though. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I'm done. Go okay. ahead. Um, so... I'm, I'm imagining having the nuts here on the river as Jason and having had Berkey bet into everybody on the flop. If he has a bluff, obviously betting is bad because we don't give him the opportunity to bluff. I think I see where you're going with this. Yeah. I, I'm going to end up agreeing with you. Right. And if he has any of the other hands that he would have bet on the flop that aren't bluffs, they're mostly he's two pair or back. better. I know. And the weaker stuff he's checking back anyway. Yeah. So, let, so the stuff he's going to check back. I mean, he's not going to call with he's like not, King 10 if we bet no, the river, right? A, if he has Ace 10, he's not going to call. In a bomb pot, if no. we just suddenly bet, he's not calling. And he's probably forced well, to bet his, no. he's at least forced to bet his 9 10 in better, right? If we're going to be super conservative about what he's betting. I think he's forced to bet that. He's especially not going to call, by the way, top pair, just to be clear. Jungle Man is still behind him. Yeah. Jungle Man absolutely is a problem if you've got Ace 10 here. You just can't call. This is a great representation of the nuts. I think Jason nailed it. I'm coming around. Like, I think it makes a lot of sense that if we have queen jack, we get the most value by check raising in that 
If we bet, we're going to get called anyway. So Berkey bets that call against the strong, the strong range of Berkey. Yeah. He's going to call probably. He's never going to raise. He's only ever going to call. So we're getting that bet either way. Right. So this is a way to try and plus get all get, of it. Plus we get the bluffs in there. Right. We also capture the club bluffs. And, and, like and that. you believe that his calling range is tighter than his betting range. Berkey's. You believe that he might call with two pair, but he's not going to call with ace 10, right? I do. So that is another plus in the checking category. If you think Berkey's going to bet ace 10, but not call with it. Right. Yeah. 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 That's, that's what I was saying before. Yeah. yeah. So like, I mean, I don't know if Berkey's really betting ace 10, but he might be like, right. That's, like, but, but all his other tens, this maybe, maybe ace 10 king 10 he's betting, but yeah, his other tens, he's definitely not betting. Right. Right. He's checking those back quickly and comfortably. And he's folding. If we bet, Yeah, he's folding. If we bet, so, so we, we don't have to worry about, we don't that. lose any value there. This is the only way we can win a huge pot if Berkey decides not to fold, right? right? Because he does have hands like sets of deuces in his range. He has all the sets in his range, in fact. Of course. Except of course for a set of eights and right. a set of threes. Right. He has all the flop sets in his range. No question. And he's going to have to strongly consider calling with those, even though it's not a good spot. So I think part of what this comes down to is how sophisticated is Jason as a player? Is Jason good enough to understand? And maybe this is obvious for him. I don't know. I've never seen him play before. Um, I think Live at the Bike has a very wide range of skill yeah. for the players, as does our own show, Poker Time. Right? I agree. Um, so is he good enough to be able to see that like that eight comes in, Berkey's just checking his entire range that isn't Queen Jack, basically. It isn't a, yeah. and maybe Jack Seven, but he never really shows up with Jack Seven. Um, so that means Berkey has really strong hands here, or is it more like he just sees Berkey checked and is thinking of it more as a normal holding pot now? And isn't thinking of it as a bomb pot. I don't know. I don't know how much these guys, like, we are t- able to take the time and sort of delve into, well, geez, here's the kind of strategy you should have on a bomb pot, which is play super carefully. That seems pretty obvious. You know, I would think most people are going to be able to figure that out super fast, right? Yeah. Doesn't mean that's true. But um, so if Jason is able to, to put together some of the more rudimentary stuff with this, the bomb pot strategy, then he should be able to surmise that this is probably the correct play with the nuts, right? Yes. Without that, this would not be the correct play with the nuts because we would just, we we'd really be concerned about getting value out of Berkey, right? Yes. Like if this was a normal hold'em hand, we would bet our queen jack on the river because we'd just be so concerned he's going to check back or there's no real money to be made by check raising. Everything anyway. changes because Berkey decided to bet into seven blind hands on the flop. Right. That changes everything. Right. I agree. I just, I just need Jason to know that too. But I'm gonna, I, I'm I, think gonna give, fair, I think it's fair to say that. I'm going to give him credit. Yeah, I think it's fine to say I that. think he realized this is a good representation of the nuts. Not only that, he blocks the nuts. He knows he would have played the nuts this way because he had a hand that could have become the nuts in the same way that Queen Jack became the nuts. Yeah. I think this is a great play. You know what? I think I agree with you. I think I agree with you. I so, think this is a good play. So what should Berkey do now? This is not what he wanted to happen. Let's be clear about that. He has a set. This is not what he wanted to happen. Okay, so what should Berkey do? There's a few ways to answer this question, right? One of the ways we often default to lately is talking about distribution. Yes. So we would say we have to call with some of our non-nut hands here. Well, this is actually higher in our distribution than it may seem because we're not giving the distribution of every hand possible on this board because we never have queen jack, right? Almost Mm -hmm. never. Right, yeah. Of the hands hands that we get here with this way. Is the third best hand. One, I think it's the fourth best hand after Jack seven. Okay, you think he checks back Jack seven? I think it's very possible. But okay, but he only has one combo of Jack seven possible. Agreed. So it's so there's so this is like the the eighth to tenth best combos we can show up with here. Okay, so that's that's pretty high up. Except we need to find out what's the rest of the distribution now. Uh, We got nine ten. Yep, there's a lot of those. We got what else? We got. would we bet eight ten on the flop and turn two pair? I don't think we'd bet eight ten on the flop eight ways. We got ten deuce. We got nine ten deuce we have. Nine deuce. Yes. I think we bet both of those. We bet so, nine deuce and pray we don't get raised. Same thing with ten deuce. So we have we twenty-seven them. worst combos. Okay. So that means okay, so that's pretty good. Yeah. Now let's talk about the price we're getting. We're always getting a good enough price if we've got more um if we're high if we're more than halfway up in our distribution of hands that we get here this way that are value, right? Right, but that's only from the distribution argument, obviously. Of course. It doesn't mean that they, that, that means we should always call with the top 50% of our range. I'm just making sure we're getting a yeah. good enough price 
They're not getting priced out of it, basically. Okay, but so it seems like we're getting a pretty good price, and this hand is far enough up in the distribution that it's at least a reasonable choice to call. I mean, we're not really getting a good price as far as the average price we're getting on the river in No Limit Hold'em. Of course. This is a bad price. But we're getting, you know, good enough. I mean, the nice thing in No Limit Hold'em is... If you're going to be, if you're good 51% of the time or yep. 50% of the time, you can always call, right? Yeah, but that means you just call everything on good price. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, no, that's correct. Um, well, here's a, uh, there's, it's, it's a big shove, Grant. It's a big shove. Okay, so, and, but the thing is this, we're only have to worry about one hand though, because Jason's only repping the nuts. Well, I wanted to ask about that. You're wondering if he can have Jack, Jack seven. I'm wondering if we can have Jack seven because Berkey can't have the nuts. Because Berkey checked the turn. Yeah. And also we blocked the nuts. Maybe you can have Jack seven. Yeah. You'd hate to have Jack seven and get snapped. You'd, I think you'd be a little worried about folding out most of the range, but maybe Jack seven is, if Berkey can't have the nuts, which he almost never can have. Right. Maybe we can just, maybe we can shove Jack seven. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> we never... We never think Jason has a set of tens, right? Because he didn't bet the flop and he didn't raise the flop when Berkey bet. I just think if you have the nuts, you just have to go crazy on these flops. Yeah. So we're You're just we're forced not, to. We're not thinking he has any sets. Yeah, he almost never has a set of nines either. And by the way, if he has a set, he's not going to check raise the river 45K. He's no. not doing it. No, he's, he's just repping the 16 combos or 32, in fact. Okay. Which is, you know, a problematically large amount of combos for Berkey. Yes. Okay, here's the other... Let's ask the other question. So what, are the, the, what are the bluffs? Right. What, does, what is he bluffing with here? I guess anything with a jack in it that he's... Or a queen in it that he got here with? Because I think that's part of the reason he's doing it, because he has the blocker. Cool. Like, what hands, though? Name some, besides... Jack eight. Okay. Jack eight and queen eight. Yep. That's it, right? Yep. So that's... King queen? King queen. King queen. King queen. That brings us to 40 combos. If you had King queen in there. Okay. That means he has to play all of his hands like this. King though, Jack which seems absurd. King Jack. Also King Jack. We're up to 56 combos that are possible that are but possible. They would not all take this line, but we know sure. for sure. All 16 queen jacks are capable of taking this line and probably all 16 Jack sevens are capable of taking this line. The thing is, uh, okay. Yes, I agree with you there, right? So we can say the value is strong, but the bluffs are not. He's not going to play all his bluffs like this. A lot of his bluffs that are no pair, he might take a shot on the river himself. Yeah. The King Jack or King Queens, he may bet rather than check raise all in. Yeah. So that's, and also he's not going to check raise all in with his bluffs. He's just going to give up and check fold a lot of them too, right? He's not always going to move in. This is a tough one for Berkey here. I think a lot of it has to come down to what do we know about Jason? Yeah. Have we seen Jason do stuff like this as a bluff before? If we haven't, I don't know if we should be calling. I really hope Jason... <clears throat> would be moving in with Queen Jack here, not just doing a race like 15,000 with Queen Jack. Well, I, I, would I, hope he, I hope he would go for the gusto with it either certainly way. Certainly, for Jason's sake, I hope that is the case. Because otherwise, this is a terrible bet, right? Yes. But let's assume we're going to give him all the credit in the world here. Yeah. He sees everything that we see, and he's moving in, and he'd move in either way because Berkey has a strong range, and he's either got a strong range or he doesn't. And he's folding all the non-strong stuff anyway, and all the strong stuff he's going to have to strongly consider heroing and often hero with, right? Yeah. Okay. Of course, if he's off on heroing, why are we attacking the strong range? That's a fair question, but we can have the nuts and he can't. And we block the nuts. I think that's what it really comes down to for Jason is that we have all of the nut combos. Yeah. We probably have all the jack seven combos. Berkey doesn't really have any of that. Yeah. So we have a huge range advantage. We do. We have a huge range advantage at the very tippy top of the range. Right. Which is where we're operating here in this bomb pot. You're right. Because we're saying all our value is just that. Yeah. So it's fine. This is an interesting spot. So Berkey... Berkey calls. Uh, I was going to do a whole thing about oh. how he's tanking, but yeah, Berkey tanks for a while because he realizes this is kind of a poopy spot. Yeah. But he but he does find a call ultimately. Is this a good call? I don't know yet. I don't know if this is a good call. It's tough, man. I mean, it's easy to say, okay, I was pretty high up in my distribution. If I can give myself those 27 two-pair combos as the lower part of my distribution... Mm-hmm. So that's pretty good. That's a good reason to call. Yeah. I don't think that's why he calls, though. Why do you think he calls? I said this when we were watching the video. I think he calls because Berkey is, has a tendency to overvalue his hands a bit. Mm. And 
doesn't have interest in folding what he considers a strong hand. And I'm using um, a few things as reference. My main one is the hand he played on uh, Poker After Dark against the Jungle Man, or as you like to Jungleman. call him, the Jungle Man, uh, where he had Ace Jack and Jungle Man had Kings. Jack High Board? Ten High Board? Oh, Jack on the Turn? Jack on the Turn. Jungleman had three bet, bet the flop, bet the turn, and Berkey check raised a bet of like 25K all in for like $168,000. And Jungleman eventually folds kings after like 10 minutes or something. Um, but Berkey, I mean, Berkey put himself in a game theory, near a near game theory disaster spot. It turns out he ended up getting it all to work perfectly, but he was clearly check raising all in for value with top top when yeah. he turns it, right? And then it's like, it was one of the spots where as soon as Jungleman doesn't fold in the first two or three minutes, He's not really rooting for a call anymore, right? He's like, oh, wait, what? Do you have queen jack? I need you to have queen jack now. You had a three bet queen jack. You three bet king jack and you spiked it. Maybe. I mean, like there's not much, you know? Yeah. So I started to think he was going to call because of that. Like, I think he just, I think one of his weak, my guess is one of his weaknesses. We all have weaknesses, but one of his weaknesses is he's not great at understanding relative hand strength in terms of situation. Hmm. So I think that may lead him to, so I was like, so he's going to call with his deuces then because of that. I don't know if this is a good call. I don't, I don't feel like it is really. I think then this is, of course, with the stipulation of giving Jason a bunch of credit on Correct. a bunch of different streets. But I think Jason played this great. If we think Jason also has a bit of a bluffy image from our point of view. That makes it worse. Then we should call. Yeah. So like Jason's going to have to have a pretty good image. And we have to know he's really competent and he's going to play the nuts like this. We have to know all of that. If we know all of that, this is probably a bad call. Yeah. But if we don't know all that, then we're probably supposed to call. It's it's close. And distribution would argue we're probably supposed to call. But it's you shouldn't but as I've been saying lately, like distribution is just like a tiebreaker when right. you are up against someone who is really tough. Yeah. And it's a really close spot, right? Otherwise that shouldn't be the way you decide things. This doesn't feel like that much of a close spot to me. You think it's just a fault? Yeah. So if we have a set of tens, are you folding too? Yeah. You're just folding because you think the guy's got it too like, much. Well, I think maybe maybe Berkey's seen some stuff from this guy and that yeah. makes it of course. not a clear spot. No, no, we're saying we're saying though, like you or I get warped into that seat and we are forced to play that pot, and that's we have nothing except what we know, which is just this hand. You're folding. Unless I can get to the level of like, okay, this guy thinks I can't have the nuts because I checked the turn, so he's gonna bluff a lot. If that's really a thought that's crossing my mind and I really believe that, maybe I can find a call then. Okay, another thing happened that we're not talking about, which is Berkey does tank and he's talking a little bit and stuff like that. And Jason doesn't say anything, but there is a point. So Jason moves all his chips forward and he's got his high value chips and they're sort of like on top. And after a little bit of the tank, like two or three minutes, he takes the high value chips and pushes them forward. To make sure that Berkey sees them. Yeah, which in some ways one could argue is just a, a... courteous thing to do yes right it's sort of the anti um alec torelli move i've definitely done that in pots where i really have it before because i don't want to be seen as angling when i understand that call i understand that however i've also definitely done it i also make sure the high value chips are shown when i don't have it to like be like i want you to know what the cost really is buddy like i've actually been in spots where i have moved in this actually happened in a cash game years ago at the world series of poker um, I moved in and got called by a kid because I moved in where I had a rack of $500 and underneath it were $100 bills and I just slid the whole thing forward and he saw he thought it was just a one $100 bill and it was several ah. and um, he ended up sucking out and beating me and he was a very competent player so it never occurred to me I would have to I always thought he would ask you know what yeah. I mean but he just saw what he saw and just like immediately called and he thought it was $600 and it was like $1,100. And he's like, oh, I just didn't know. And I was like, oh, that sucks for me. You know, he definitely would have folded. That does suck. And um, so like, uh, you know, I'm just saying it, it can go. So like you can, you do it for different reasons, right? But one of the reasons why you do it is to make sure the person understands how big your bluff is and yep. what the price they're getting is instead of being like, oh, I can just call that. It's only 10K more or whatever. I really like this play. I really like it. I think it's pretty beautiful, especially as we like go deep into it. Like, think it's a pretty great thing but i'm saying maybe maybe berkey calls because he feels like he sees something among that behavior too you know yeah like it's possible that behavior is just the tiebreaker form and that's fair yeah it is but man with no with no knowledge i think it's a bad call if there's if there's some other knowledge maybe it's okay (sighs) man i don't even know i don't even know what i'm supposed to do in this spot with berkey's hand without any anything else 
48,000 is so big. I, I might feel like, I might talk myself into, I'm giving this guy a lot of credit in a lot of ways for this to be a, a good fold for me. You know, like I need him to really understand everything that's happened on a deep level. And I need him to be going for, well, this is part of the understanding of everything, but like betting the full amount. But he'd probably do, if he understood everything that was happening, he would bet the full amount. So, is it possible that this call has something to do with the trends of No Limit Hold'em? And by that, I mean, mm. about a year and a half ago on this show, you in particular were saying pretty frequently, nobody raises the river enough. Even good players don't raise the river enough. Yeah. I feel like since we started talking about that, I've been seeing a lot of bluff raises on the river. And that might be kind of a trend in No Limit Hold'em. Well, people suddenly figured out how they can raise the river, which is if they have blockers yeah. to the nuts, they raise a lot more now. Because... And that's great because you need to be able to do that because otherwise raises on the river were too polarized to yeah. being strength. Um, it, I feel like I, I think that is part of what's going on. And I think it's swung the other way among the good players. The yeah. good players are raising the river too much the other way, if anything. Like they're like, I have blockers, so I, so I raise. And it's like, but you don't raise for value enough on the river now. Like you're, 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 you know, you've, you've sort of polarized yourself the other way. I think we're if just at one spot on the pendulum right now. Eventually it'll reach equilibrium i think yeah right now i think it's i have blockers i raise and it's going to eventually be i have blockers and i have to pick among the hands that have blockers which ones i'm going to raise so i'm balanced a spade i guess i'll do it with right and i don't feel like any of that's happening like we saw bryn kenny in one of our uh, most recent podcasts do this right yeah um where he check raised all in with blockers i'm not and i love the play don't get me wrong i think it was super high level and awesome but i would be concerned that he's probably doing it too often yeah among someone who's going to figure out not to fold Right. right. And right now, I mean, if you're only getting called by whatever, he got called by the second nut flush on a paired board. Yeah. Which was still way high up in that guy's distribution. And it was a long tank. Yes. He almost folded. Anyway, he called the clock on himself. Like at some points, maybe guys will snap call with all flushes there because they're yeah. like, you just bluff too much there. Like if you have blockers, I know you're, you're going. So, well, then of whatever. course it swings back the other way. Of course. You know, and that's just how it works. Right. So, eventually, I mean, eventually we're going to settle on a perfect e- equilibrium with all this. But right now, I think, yeah, I think everyone's like, oh, I don't bluff enough on the river. I need to have bluff raises on the river. Here's how you do that. I'm going to do that. And it, and it mostly probably works still, right? So maybe Berkey correctly leveled the timeline of No Limit Hold'em strategy, and that's how he ended up with the call. Maybe. Or maybe he's just like, thinks like, well, my hand's good because I've got a set and I don't fold sets. Yeah. Well, it seems like it was more thought than that because he took a long time before mm. calling. Mm. You're right. Either way, I love the play from Jason. I think it's really cool. This is a really cool hand. It's a this is it's not like such a blind thing. It's not just the eye of blockers thing. It's another thing that makes a river raise super cool, which is that Berkey is capped and Jason is not. Correct. No, I mean there's a legit representing of the nuts here, and as you said, a clear range advantage, which is yeah. a great time to move in and makes this probably correct even if even after the pendulum like finds its equilibrium down yeah. the road this, this is probably still a move this in. is one of those spots where it still will be correct yeah, yeah i got i think it probably is that's cool it's really cool it's really cool great hand yeah all right good job guys suggesting this hand yeah when, when we first started watching it I guess because we didn't know it was a bomb pot. It didn't seem like it was that exciting it's like oh i hope jason moves on the, in on the river oh he did oh and of course berkey's probably going to call but then it's like, oh, it's a bomb pot, as we discovered. And so it goes way deeper than it would normally go. I love this. This is why we do this show, right? Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, guys. We'll see you soon. Bye. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm going to be traveling the globe. We still have time.